Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig! Hey, Jeff. Yeah. This is a basketball episode. We're only talking about basketball. If you're here to hear about yeah. football, fuck That's off. Right. This is yeah. basketball. <laughs> it is basketball season. We finally Jeff, made it. Finally. This is, this is why Jeff and I do this. Basketball. Let's go. Basketball <laughs> is fun. This is Podcast versus Everyone, episode 158. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as always, is Jeff Neusser. Jeff, after another successful basketball weekend with one of the biggest basketball weekends in, well, the biggest in over a decade coming up. How are you feeling? Yeah. Dude, I am so fired up. I am so pumped. And if uh, if our the traffic on our website is any indication, we are in the minority. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, obviously, any of y'all that listen to this, like, probably go to the site. But yes, well, after yes. signing day, whew, like, yeah, if people just checked out. But yeah. uh, hey, man, hopefully they're checking in for uh, I, for, for I uh, so. this weekend. It is funny though, like, so you know, you and I having you know written for the site for a for a very long time at this point. Uh, you know, we joke about, you know, football is what really what moves the needle, right? Like, like people are, mo- and this is not, we're not throwing shade. Like, so please don't, you know, misinterpret this. We're not throwing shade. It's just that football is what moves the needle. People really, 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 really care about football. Um, they care about basketball in so much as the, the team is like, you know, really good, which you know, over the course of WC's history has been very rarely. <laughs> so, uh, so there's just not a real, real big, uh, you know, basketball following, even though this team is really good, they also have some, you know, head scratching losses. If you don't really know that much about the teams they were playing, you know, so you scratch your head and go, Oh my God, how'd they lose to South Dakota state? Oh my God. How'd they lose to New Mexico state? Well, those are two top 100 teams. They're pretty decent, barely lost to them. Uh, Oh my God. How'd they lose to Boise state? Well, Boise state right now is ranked 30th in, in Ken Palm. That's a damn good team. So you know, it's like, you know, the casual fan goes, oh, well, those the team must not be very good because they're losing to teams like that. And the reality is they actually are very good. And this is very exciting. And Thursday's game against Arizona is absolutely huge um, to the point that, you know, the team at, at right now is uh, on Joe Lunardi's next four out, uh, which is pretty remarkable um, considering all of those things. But they've started to pile up wins. 
which has put them back on that bubble radar. Um, that was something that I said a few weeks ago when I wrote my Monday after. I was like, hey, you know, if they head into Arizona having won, you know, six of seven or six of eight or something like that, they'll be in, you know, pretty darn good shape to be back in the bubble conversation. And, you know, well, here we are. They lost to Colorado. They lost to Stanford. And, um, but they won, you know, six other games. And lo and behold, they're in that conversation again. And, you know, people were, so many people were so convinced that, oh my God, their hopes are dead. They lost to Boise State. Their hopes are dead. It's over. They have to win the conference tournament in order to get in. And I'm like, man, <laughs> y'all don't realize how many teams 68 is. That's a lot of damn teams to get in that tournament. And uh, so, yeah, they are they are very squarely back in the conversation, having done what they've done. And now they've got a huge opportunity. Yeah, and before we get to that opportunity, let's talk about how they got here uh, this weekend, sweeping the Bay Area for the first time since 1993. Woo! Woo! That is, uh, I was, um, well, I was not yet eight years old when they did that. <laughs> so, uh, 1993. I, so the spring of 1993, I would have been a sophomore in high school. So, yeah, yeah, that was a long, so, that was a long time ago. So obviously that, you know, the level of Cal and, and Stanford were different in those years, but still, you know, the Tony Bennett teams never uh, swept the Bay Area. Clay Thompson never swept the Bay Area. Um, you know, the, the, the good Kelvin Sampson teams uh, in the mid-90s, you know, the, the one that went to the tournament didn't sweep the Bay Area. Um, so uh, th- there's a lot of shitty basketball in between all the rest of that. So, yeah. Uh, but still, you know, that's it's a big deal. Uh, winning two games on the road in conference play is always tough. Um, I that Stanford win was so huge on on Thursday because you know they built up a big lead, and then you start they start to let it slip, and then they come back and build the lead again, and they start to let it slip again, and you start to think maybe maybe they haven't changed like maybe this is the same fucking team and they're going to do exactly what they did the last time against Stanford. They're going to just blow it. Yep. But they didn't let that happen particularly defensively. Um, they, they down the stretch, you know, Stanford started hitting shots, but you know, WSU, they, they got some stops when Stanford got a little closer. They, they stopped scoring. They didn't score for the last – any. they didn't hit a single uh, field goal after the last 416, which would be topped against Cal. Uh, but they got enough stops to hold on to the lead. Um, they hang their hat on the defense, and that saved the day uh, really in both of these games, but uh, down the stretch at least. Uh, we can talk about the start of the game against Cal, which was not very good. But, um, but yeah, so just to come through, you know, Michael Flowers – having a big game against Stanford, 22 points. Um, and you have Muhammad Gay making plays. You know, if he could just make free throws, a lot of his stats would always look so much better. <laughs> that is no joke, man. Oh, my gosh. that We got to fix that. We got to fix that. But, you know, in that game, outside, you know, Noah, Noah Williams hits a three, and that's it. That's all he does offensively. Uh, you know, Yakimovsky does almost nothing gets three shots off after he was a talk, you know, Andy Katz interviewed him. He was just like, people were writing articles about him. Like it, it was, you know, Andre was the guy we talked about him and at length last 
last week, and and then you know he just comes out and gets shut down by Stanford. Uh, but it was great to see DJ Rodman. Uh, he's obviously getting healthy again, getting yep. back in shape because uh, he's able to be himself again. Um, and he had a just a really productive twenty one minutes, nine points, two boards, um, and a steal. Uh, hit all you know, hit four of his five shots. Um, you know, he's been Rodman this year has really improved his interior game. Like the funny thing is, I, if you look at um, hoop math, he has not shot a, shot a single two point jumper this season. Uh, but he's shooting a lot more shots at the rim, and he's shooting them yep. very well at a high percentage. Threes and, and layups, man, <laughs> and and he's. He's he's been able to uh, capitalize on the defense selling out to stop his three point shot, and he's got some athleticism, um, yep. as we saw in this game when he dunked with his left hand on a dude as he was getting fouled, which they didn't call because yeah. as he got getting, clobbered, smacked his head getting, into the ground, like an elbow to the head isn't a foul, even though we have to later in the game spend five minutes reviewing a different, less egregious elbow. Um, but you know, it's whatever, <laughs> uh, yeah, but whatever's yeah, you know, the they, way to approach it. Yep. Um, you know, they, they did some, like, it's funny in this one that they just, they, they only hit eight of 16 from the free throw line. They still won. Yeah. Uh, they only got five offensive rebounds, only 20% offensive rebounding. Stanford, Stanford had 43%, 16 offensive rebounds. They still won. Um, largely because they hit threes, they hit their shots inside. So they're kind of, you know, last year they would only win these games if they dominated the the shot, you know, the the shot volume. Yep. And you know we love shot volume, but they're showing they can win in other ways. Yeah. And a lot of it's the interior defense uh, making it hard for teams to score inside. Um, although Stanford wasn't that bad, <laughs> um, but they they just. They just found a way to win this game, um, and they have shooters, and that that's helping. You know, that's helping. They have shooters, so on any given night, uh, you got guys that are you know you know Ty and Michael Flowers, and and uh, you know even Fa hit one in this game. Uh, DJ hit one. Uh, uh, Muhammad Gay tried one, uh, which was a, a, <laughs> a sign of things to come, though. Yeah, uh, but yeah, really. But really, you know, they've been able to win some games while playing uh, Flowers and Roberts together a lot. Uh, I think Roberts' defense has improved quite a bit uh, throughout the season. I think he's adjusted yes. uh, to to the size of you know size and speed of Division One. Um, so it's he's definitely uh, not quite the sort. Now we'll talk about Arizona in a bit with the size of their guards, but. Stanford has some big guards too, and and he yeah. was fine against them. So well, it seems like what they've on that defensive note. It seems like what they've really leaned into with the two shorter guards is just really being, uh, for lack of a better word, being a pest, um, and yeah. just getting in getting into people's space. You know, just it, rather than contesting shots in the traditional way, um, just sort of getting up into guys' bodies and making them a little uncomfortable. Um, I think their rotations are more on point. You know, length obviously allows you to recover. 
write a little faster and a little more effectively. Um, but it seems like both Flowers and Roberts uh, know a lot better where they're going when they rotate, when they switch, when they scramble, things like that. Um, and so they are able to get close enough to sort of bother shots in a way that they weren't early in the year. So, yeah, it just seems like they kind of figured some things out about how and, – and maybe to me that's sort of like the impressive thing about the defense this year is they're doing it in a bit different way. Um, obviously, the two-point defense is still really strong, and that you know comes from having the big guys um, near the rim. But you know, I mean, some of the other stuff isn't isn't quite the same. And what they've done is they've figured out how to adjust to having um, different kind of personnel. You know, a lot less. You know, last year Isaac Bonton was our shortest perimeter player at six three, right? Um, so now we're we're running two guys out there who are both shorter than that. Um, one guy significantly shorter than that, and they've just they figured out how to do it, which I think you know is a, a real credit to the coaching staff that they have, you know, figured out. Okay, we got these two guys; they're not real long, but you know, here's how they can be effective defenders. Um, it, it's sort of an underrated thing, but I think a thing that the coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for. Well, and I think. Uh... One important point is when they 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 had some elite looking defenses when they were out of conference the in Kyle Smith's first two years, but you know that first year they were they were they improved a lot, but they were still only ninth. They still gave one point. You know they were over a point per possession in total in conference play. You know, and then last year they improved. They were still over one point per possession in conference play, but they were fourth defensively. So they 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 improved a lot defensively in terms of their peers. But this year they are first in conference play. Now, some of that's a product of they have not played the best teams yet, but some but they've also played some really fucking good defense against yep. the teams that they should be stopping, and and that's 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 really uh, encouraging. Uh, because they're going to need that defense in the, in the next two weeks. <laughs> uh, yes, they are. But yeah, so you know they, they beat they beat Stanford. That was big, and then it was really avoiding a bad loss at Cal. Um, Cal's without you know was without their their best player Andre Kelly. So in that way, the the result is a little disappointing but at the same time sometimes on that back end of the of the weekend on a road trip when you're going for the sweep you just you're hoping to get it and and yeah. honestly you know wsu's still without some guys like they're not yep. totally full either nope uh but they they got it together in this one and obviously again they let cal back into it late um cal had a chance to tie the game late uh they had a three and they missed it um, WSU went, I think it was like the last seven thirty ish without a field goal, um, in this one. So that's seven twenty four, seven twenty four, seven twenty four. No, field they went goals. one of their last 11, Oh, of their last eight over the last seven twenty four. That's bad. That's bad. You know, that's, that's an issue, uh, especially because it's happening, Quite often, they're having yeah. these lulls. It's become a joke in our Slack where the highlight videos just kind of skip forward to the end all the <laughs> it's time. Like, it's like it's like, look, there's a lead with seven minutes to go, and then oh, sing the fight song. Yeah, sing the fight song. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it you know, ask UCLA how it goes trying to uh, get that sweep. Right, they end up losing yep. to Arizona State in triple overtime. Oregon damn near loses to Utah. 
Um, you know, and Utah is, uh, you know, probably every bit as bad as, as Cal. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, man, it is hard to, to win on the road in the conference. It just is. And it always has been, and it always will be. Um, so, you know, to get the win, I, I don't give a shit how ugly it is. Um, I don't give a shit if it should have been easier. Um, you know, for whatever reason, Cal is just a little bit of a weird, tricky matchup for us. Um, you know, I kind of thought at the beginning of the, you know, before the first matchup, I was kind of like, yeah, I could see how this would be tricky. You know, Cal's experience, you know, they they grind it out. They slow you down. They really irritate you, uh, by just essentially frustrating you with their pace. Right. Um, you know, and that first one kind of proved to be that. I mean, we held them at arm's length most of the game, but we never really ran away with it the way, you know, it sort of feels like we should have. And then same thing with this one, like, you know, you build a lead and then you, it kind of slips away and, um, you know, but that's why you build the lead, right. Is, you know, then you have that, you know, you have that wiggle room, you know, Cal's tough, man. And they're experienced and they play hard and they don't quit. And, you know, obviously that's a credit to them. Not that uh, I'm going to give too much credit for that. Cause you're not supposed to quit, but, uh, you know, they just, sometimes there's just a team just sort of plays you well. Um, and after those two games against Cal, it just sort of seems like, you know, that that's kind of their deal. I mean, Grant Antisevich has, um, you know, pretty big, it doesn't have a huge game overall, but has a pretty big, like first, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, right. Hitting a bunch of threes and just sort of, you know, being the guy that we remember him being like two years ago. Yeah. Um, so you know, just a lot of stuff going on and, you know, and that's okay. I mean, it's, you know, a win is a win is a win is a win on the Especially road. You on just the road. take, yep. yeah, you just take what you can get. You don't worry too much about it. Um, even though, you know, four points doesn't look great. Who cares at this point, as we know, thinking about the bubble and the committee. Ken Palm only I, had them, only had them winning by five. And so net yeah. probably only estimated yep. around that too. Yep. So you saw very little, ch- it's not like, uh, you know, we ended up going down in the net or Ken Palm because of it. We didn't. We we pretty much stayed the same because of it. So, yeah, no big deal. Totally take it. Uh, it was not a work of art, but who cares? They're not all going to be works of art, and that is okay. Yeah, and some, you know, one thing that was positive, I've seen Flowers coming in, shooting well from the outside, had a rough inside the arc game, but yeah. uh, shooting well from the outside, clutch free throws, Um and, you know, another 21-point game, so there's 43 points on the trip. Yeah. Um, F.A. double-double. F.A., big double-double, an incredible dunk, like which he made look like the easiest thing in the world. Uh, he also had four steals, two blocks. And then, you know, Mo with his 10 points. But wait, wait, wait. F- you, can't, you can't be overlooking the 7 of 8 from the free throw line. There, 7 of 8 from FA. the free throw line. He, had, he awesome. had some clutch free throws, too. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Mo, uh, you know, he had 10 points and five, three blocks, two steals. It was so just, And then he hit two threes. Yep. <laughs> Where did that come from? I, uh, Cal's got to be frustrated with that. Uh, you know, it's he. It, it was nice to see F.A. and Gay. Like, I don't know how many times at WSU ever do you just see our front line is so much more athletic yeah. Then the other front line and they just completely dominate them. I don't um, recall it ever. Yeah. It um, was they just when I was could, in school it was yeah. Mark Hendrickson and Tavares Mack. Uh, Mark Hendrickson obviously ends up goes and plays, you know, cup of cup of coffee in the NBA and then pitches in major league baseball. Tavares Mack pretty athletic, but not like 
super athletic guy. Carlos Daniel was pretty athletic, but he was only like six seven. Yeah. So yeah, I mean this is this is unlike any pairing in the front court since I've been a Coug, which is you know all the way back to ninety five. You know, it's a long time. Yeah, and then they've been without their you know their their true kind of big their their strong man. Um, yeah. He's you know fairly athletic on his own right, and Deshaun yeah. Deshaun Jackson. I, yep. So one thing that obviously is concerning about this game this entire weekend is Noah. Um, o of yep. seven uh, missed his only free throw, which was a pretty you know it was a crucial free throw. It was a one at, one and one, and he missed the front end when he could have basically put the game away. Uh, he had two turnovers. He did have a couple assists, a couple of rebounds, but um, yeah, that's that's not good. It's uh, really the, bad. The, the only saving grace, and and uh, Mark Sandra wrote about it today in Cookson. You know, uh, Noah basically these two wins were uh, WC's first two wins of the year when Noah had an offensive rating of less than eighty-five. You know, by the way, he had a. Uh, Let's see, a 15 offensive rating against Cal. So he just just got a little bit of credit for those assists. One five. Um, But yeah, so one thing that helped is, you know, his usage dipped a little bit. We saw him, you know, 27 to 30 pretty consistently earlier in the season. He was leading the team in usage. Um, If he's going to be this uh, ineffective, he's got it. He cannot have the ball in his hands as much like right yeah i know they want him out there uh for his defense and you know his passing and uh because he's one of the, you know he's basically the only guy that can consistently drive the lane and draw defense but um he's just been so bad at finishing at the rim uh that's really that that's really left him he seems to i don't know be more concerned about drawing a foul or something and and I don't know if he's learned these Pac-12 refs don't really give him the benefit of the doubt ever. No, they, they do not. They, um, so uh, <laughs> he's he's not going to get those calls. But, um, yeah, WSU, like, in this stretch of games, he's going to need to get his act together. Uh, he's going to have to hit some shots. He's going to have to play better offensively because they just yeah. can't have this black hole yeah, uh, at, at the three or the two, whatever he's playing at the time, um, offensively when they're playing these teams coming up, I do think it helps a ton. Um, so, so you mentioned that you know these uh, these two games were the the first two games they won where he was you know quite bad offensively. I, I think a lot of what's mitigating that right now, two things. So you mentioned the 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 usage going down a bit, which which definitely helps. Um, but I think the other thing is, you know, uh, you know, F.A. and Muhammad are both coming along offensively. They are both of them are becoming legit offensive uh, weapons. And that is yeah. something that wasn't the case even a month ago. Right. Like both yeah. of them are coming along like we we spent a lot of time talking about how, man, you know, gosh, they just seem to struggle so much when they play two bigs. And, you know, can they play two bigs? You know, should they maybe be playing one big and, you know, four, it's not really four smalls, but your, your second big is a guy like Yakimovsky, right? Who's, you know, six, eight and, you know, 230 pounds, but he's not a big, right? You know, so you're like, well, you know, and so we, we did a lot of hand wringing over that. 
man, like the last three weeks or so has shown that to be very stupid or at the very least shown it to be no longer totally relevant because those two guys have become absolute monsters and not just defensively, but offensively, like they are both um, contributing a ton offensively. And so that mitigates a lot of um, a lot of what's going on. If Noah struggles, obviously, um, you know, if Noah can produce, then that has the potential to really supercharge the offense, which is a lot of kind of what, you know, Mark was getting at with his post. You know, if you, if he, you know, suddenly comes around to being, you know, just average, um, you know, all of a sudden the offense really, really starts humming. I, the question is, you know, is it, is it fixable? Is it turnaroundable? Which is not really a term, but I just made it up. So now we're going to count it. I'm an English teacher. You can trust me. Um, you know, so much of last year seemed to be predicated on the fact that he could hit a three and I'm (laughs) to, to my eye. And again, this is like a super easy thing for a fan to say and whatever. So, you know, for whatever it's worth to my eye, his mechanics look really messed up. Um, you know, his shot has never been a textbook jumper. Um, and you know, last year it seemed like, okay, you know, it's, he kind of figured something out with his jumper. There are lots of people with unorthodox jumpers who have been, you know, perfectly adequate shooters. So, I mean, there's, it it wasn't something where I was like, oh man, this is just some really fluky hot streak. Um, but at the same time it was like, okay, you know, I'm kind of looking at it and I'm going, all right, yeah, he gets his, you know, he's getting his feet square and he's getting his shoulders square and he's got a nice straight follow through. He kind of flicks it, but you know, at the end, sometimes kind of seems to like, almost kind of pull his hand back at the end instead of stroking all the way through. But okay. You know, it looks, looks okay. Um, it, it just like, it, it looked like the kind of shot that needs, everything kind of needs to be perfect to be, um, repeatable and, and, and to be successful over and over again. It, it just doesn't look like that right now. It looks completely out of whack. Um, his balance looks bad. He doesn't look square to the basket. Um, you know, and when you get in that kind of a funk with your shooting, uh, you know, with your shooting form, it can be really, really, really tough to get out of it. And especially in the middle of a season, um, that's kind of the thing you rebuild over the, over an off season, which is kind of what he did last year. Um, I don't know how much of that can change this year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard and it's frustrating if teams don't really have to guard him at the three point line. Um, you know, that definitely makes a difference in terms of his ability to get to the rim. Um, at least, you know, in, uh, you know, situations where he's got the ball, um, you know, maybe isolated. So I, I don't know, man, do you think, do you think this is, this is fixable or do you think this is just a matter of saying, Hey, just don't take too many shots. So you don't kill us. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's fixable in terms of, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be the same player he was last year because I don't think he's going to suddenly start hitting 38% from the three-point line. Um, I do think he can fix the other stuff. I think he can... Yeah. The 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 at-the-rim stuff, you know, because he's actually... He's rebounding offensively better this year than he ever has, and so he's he can get opportunities through that. He's, just, he's not hitting those mid-range, like, floaters. He's not, you know, he's he's not finishing drives... Uh, but he was early. He was finishing the drives earlier in the season. Yep. So he, it's there, you know, he's just in a funk and if he can just exactly like if he's just a little below average, WSU is way better. And then now he, they've, they seem to have 
you know, move to flowers mostly as the, as the go-to type guy. Um, but you see Noah will still kind of take over at times. Um, if he's going to do that, he's got to be able to hit shots and, um, you know, no, he's competitive. I, I'm sure he's been working his butt off to try to fix this. Uh, but it's just, it's quite a stark contrast to what he did against Stanford and Cal a season ago. And, and it's a, it's a bummer that it's, uh, you know, you can look at, you know, he scores 72 points in one weekend and scores three in this weekend against the same two teams. Um, and, and that's, that's wild. Uh, so yeah, they're going to need more from him, uh, offensively, but they don't need him to be a superstar offensively. They just need him to be someone that needs to be guarded, you know, and someone that puts pressure on the defense. Cause he, he has the capability to run the pick and roll better than, uh, anyone, even when he's not shooting the three, he can run the pick and roll better than, uh, these other guys because of his height. And, yep. and he's a, he's a, he's a talented passer. He's got good vision. Uh, you know, his assist rate has dipped this year a little bit, which is kind of wild because he has better shooters around him. Um, so that, that's, that's concerning. So it's, he, he's just in a funk and, but he's so competitive and they have, they have some big games coming up and I hope that can just kind of fuel him because he's such, he's, he's a guy that really runs on emotion and these are going to be some emotional games. So hopefully he can, he can meet that, you know, but at the same time, I hope he doesn't feel like he needs to take over because he's just, isn't that player that he was last year. Cause he's not hitting those outside shots. So he doesn't, so defenses don't have to give him, he doesn't get that extra quarter of a second of what, you know, defense because they have to wait and see if he's going to shoot the three. Right. So it's, it's yep. just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but hopefully he can, you know, the, I mean, he's, this Cal game is the rock bottom, right? <laughs> like, so he, it's gotta, it's <laughs> gotta go up. God, I hope so. Like, I, yeah. I can't imagine how it gets a whole lot worse from that. I mean, a 15 offensive rating is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a bit hard to describe how bad that is. Um, occasionally then, you'll but, see someone throw up a zero in just a, like, they'll play like seven minutes because they, they didn't do anything. Sh- yeah, they won't take a shot. They won't score. They didn't have an assist, you know, so they'll give you a big fat zero. But it's pretty rare to see someone play, you know, whatever, 24 minutes and use 22 or 24% of the possessions and uh, and also come up with a 15. Um, well, it, so for context, by the way, for people who are like, what, what all these numbers, I don't even know what they mean. Uh, an average offensive rating would be around 100, probably a little over 100 at this point. Um, so that would mean essentially you're producing about 1.0 points per possession when you do something to end a possession. Okay. So 15 is like eight, essentially 85% worse than average, like 85% below average. Like I, I, you know, there's not really a good way to characterize it. It's just, it is really, really, really bad. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, this has got to be rock bottom. Um, you know, I hope he can kind of get it. I hope he can get it sorted out, man. He's too valuable. Maybe we need to play Washington. I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe that was our problem. We didn't play Washington back in December. And so, uh, he wasn't really, 
prepared to to soar for the rest of the season. I'm I'm honestly not sure. So well, I don't know. I mean, it, we know he's got it in him, but I don't know. The the ref thing in, in against Cal too is is one you had Yakimovsky who took two shots, so you're not getting much from him. He did hit a yeah. three, but and he's he dealing. A, we we learned he had, he's dealing with an injury. Yeah, it, which makes sense, right? And then, uh, but then Bomba, uh, he's really kind of dropped significantly in the rotation. Yeah. Also and, dealing like he, with an injury. Also dealing with an injury, and he had a 21 offensive rating. He was 0 for 2. He had a turnover and assist. Uh, so it's, you know, he just, he just didn't do as much bad stuff to the offense as Noah did because he didn't take as many shots. He wasn't having the ball as much. But that's 12 minutes of nothing on offense and then 24 minutes of nothing on offense from Noah. So that you, I mean, the fact that they won this game with <laughs> those two things is pretty impressive. When you have two, you know, basically 36 of your 200 minutes are completely non-factors offensively. Um, that's the, you know, to still win is good. Uh, but yep. again, like, you know, it's crazy. Think back, Bamba, the rise he had earlier in the season and uh, where he was just one of our, my, arguably our best player for a few games. And um, But yeah, you know, it's a bummer these guys are injured. Maybe Noah's battling an injury too, but. Uh, we know he's just had, he might just have some conditioning issues still because he missed so much time. He had COVID, he had the flu. Um, it's you know who knows how much time he's missed uh, practicing. So it you know they've they've had contact tracing. So how, who who knows how much time he missed because of that? Um, so you know, some of these guys just are are having some tough luck. And WSU's had as we've mentioned before quite a lot of tough luck, but they're still there. They sweat, you know, they won five in a row. And now they've set up this this huge, huge game against Arizona, which I am uh I had planned for months and months to go to. Uh I was gonna go, you know, gonna go all four games this weekend and put there's five now, but I wasn't gonna go to the Wednesday one. But you know, I you know, with with everything, I, I'm going to a very close friend's wedding in North Carolina the next week and I, I put off the decision as long as I could. I just didn't want to risk catching a stupid COVID virus, you know, Omicron or some shit and then having to like cancel that trip or getting there and not being able to sit in my hotel room, whatever, uh, for risk of, you know, to avoid exposing others. So I've been just basically quarantining myself inside my house, uh, up until that. And so, I figured it was, I mean, it was incredible, like agonized over this decision. And then, it, and then it becomes this huge game. And I was already agonizing over it before it was even that, you know, because I was just excited about, you know, getting to see two men's t- games, two women's games, yeah. a huge weekend, uh, yeah. but it had to cancel it, um, which was a, is a bummer. Uh, but, you know, I figured I haven't flown on an airplane in over two years. I haven't seen my friend who's getting married, uh, in like three or three to four years. So, uh, had to, had to bite the bullet and, and, <laughs> and yep. do that. Totally you know, couldn't take that chance. Yeah. didn't want to take that chance, but I hope other people are able to find their way. <laughs> and, I hope and other go. people take that chance. <laughs> well, hope other people don't have like, you know, friends, weddings that you don't want to ruin on right, the other right. end, on the other yeah. end of the games. Uh, but cause 
it'd be really cool to see uh, Beasley alive again. Mostly, you know, it's really the students. If they show up, that's yes. what creates the atmosphere, the yes. noise, everything. Um, especially on the weekday games where you're less likely to have, um, you know, a lot people, of people driving like, down. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Although I did see, you know, it's, it's pretty tough to get a, a flight to Pullman. I just, as a curiosity, it's pretty tough to get a flight to Pullman for this Thursday. So uh, hopefully there's a lot of people on a plane heading to Pullman on Thursday to, to watch that game. Um, but yeah, uh, this is as big as a game has been, you know, I, I think probably the, the famous broken headlight game in, yep. uh, Clay's, uh, final season, uh, yep. which had similar stakes, you know, if they, you know, you, you, UCLA was not nearly as good as this Arizona team, but they were still, you know, WSU was kind of in the, in the realm where if they got like one more win, one more significant win they might have been in and UCLA might have provided that. Um, so that was, you know, that, that's a big, it is not a stretch to think that they, one more win would have done the trick. Yep. Yep. Uh, so they, they, uh, but obviously clay didn't play in that game. Castro almost didn't and then did. Um, so that, you know, that was probably the last really big game that had, uh, consequences like that. But again, this that wasn't even against like a top ten team, like this we're talking. Top, so if you wanted to talk about a game against a top ten team with with stakes, probably the you know you go back, you got to go back to, to uh, you know Tony Bennett, maybe you know uh, you know they're when they're trying to play in the tournament, maybe you know because that 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 NAT team was never really on the bubble, so no. none of those games. But if you go back to the, to you know, maybe that UCLA game at home early, early in the, you know, it was in February. I guess it was about around the same time as February 7th. Obviously, we knew that team was going to go to the tournament, but that was more of a, um, you know, just getting a big win. So that, that was probably the last one that would have had this same sort of excitement. Although that year there was a lot of packed crowds and stuff quite often. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's so. Uh, there, there just hasn't been a game like this. You're talking over 10 years, maybe 15 years. Yeah. Uh, since there's been a game like this with these sort of stakes. And that, that just shows how long it's been since there And was... this good of an opponent, too. I mean, that's that's the other yeah. thing. I mean, what, Arizona yeah. is really fucking good. And Arizona is going to be a one seed. Like, this is a really, really, really good team. Maybe now, not if we beat them. Well, maybe not. This kind of team used to come to Pullman fairly regularly when the Pac-12 was pretty strong. Uh, it's been a few years since the Pac-12 has had a team like this. Um, this is a big deal, man. This is such, you know, this is such, 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 such a big deal. Um, and Arizona's rolling. You know, they, they you know, beat UCLA. They beat USC last weekend. Um, they had to come back to beat Arizona State uh, last night. So recording this easily. Did, did, yeah, but they had to come back. They they were behind early. They had to kind of come back a little bit. Arizona so State, who uh, shoots twenty nine percent from three, I believe, hit like six of their first seven threes in that game. <laughs> yeah, I think we should do that. I think we should. Yeah, hit I think we should do all that of too. our threes. Um, that's how we're going to win the game. But in all seriousness, um, you know, look, Arizona's just really good, and um, this is as good of a team as is going to visit Pullman. Uh, you know, definitely this season. 
And, so. and frankly, this is a huge game for Arizona, too. You're talking about them yeah. being a number one seed. The yeah. knock on them is they don't have the wins to be a right. number one seed. You know, they, right. they beat Illinois, uh, you know, but that, that on the road. And that's their best road win. Um, outside of that, you know, they have basically the same road wins that WSU has. And, and so, you know, that Wyoming win is coming through for them at this point. But, you know, Wyoming's improved quite a bit. But this is a chance for them to prove. And, and they don't have many. They have us. They have Oregon. And those are their last two quad one games of the year uh, on, on right. the schedule. So this is a huge game for them. This is the biggest game left, you know, the, the best team left on their schedule. Yeah. And so this is their basically this and this is their Oregon they have at home. So that's not actually not going to be a quad one game. So unless Oregon just starts pasting people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to get I think it's top 30, right? Top, top 30, 30 and Oregon's 49. Top 30 team at home to get a quad one, which is and, a totally different conversation. Yeah. But, Oregon yes. is 40, 49 right now. So they I mean, they could yep. get to there by the time they play them. Yeah, but I hope they don't. Because WSU plays Oregon in that time. That's pretty um, tough. But but uh but yeah, so this is a big game for Arizona. They if they want to yep. be a, a one seed, this is one they need to tick. Uh, but I'll, are yeah. they going to take it as seriously as they should? I think so. UCLA, they play UCLA, they play USC, they play their rival, right? So that's three massive games in a row, and then two days later they're in Pullman. Now, what I'm hoping is that they're tired. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to buy that Washington State is actually as tough as Washington State is? I guess we're going to learn a little bit about Tommy Lloyd here and his ability to coach and motivate his team. Because I look at that and go, yeah, okay, this, this is a pretty prime letdown spot, man. Uh, so, you know, just factoring in that they're tired, too. So WSU, Kempom gives them a, a 30% win probability in this game. So that is crazy uh, against the number three team in Kempom. That yeah. shows you how much this team. So uh, in the Kyle Smith era, they have won some games where they've been 30% or less, including Oregon last year to start the game, UCLA last year. Uh, let's see the – where were they at to start the Stanford game? Um, now, Stanford, they were actually you know closer to 50 uh, but yeah, UCLA and Oregon last year, they were sub 30%. You know, Oregon, 10%, Ken Palm. They won that game. Uh, UCLA, they were, well, uh, they were right. They were 35%. But Kyle Smith has won games like this where they've been this big of an underdog. And truthfully, it's not that big of an underdog. If you're talking no. about something happening 30 times no. out of a hundred, that's yeah. not insane. Like, that's not if that it happens. Bad. That's, not, not, that's crazy. not that crazy. Yep. Um, yeah. So, but they've, they've won these, you know, Washington, his first year, 12%, uh, 12.7% to start the game. Um, what else we got that Oregon win at home that year. So they've they've won some big games against teams that they weren't supposed to beat, and they had a you know a, a low percentage. And, and frankly, like again, this is not that low of a probability. This team, this WSU team, is pretty damn good, and that's what makes this again exciting because it's not just 
like when USC came to town number one football in like 2005 and, and we're like, oh, maybe we could beat them. It's hailing or whatever. Maybe it was 2004. Yeah, it's 2004. Um, maybe we can beat them. It's hailing. And they just come out and paced us because we weren't really good. WC was good. They ha- they've, they're playing their best basketball right now. Like if you look at Bart Torvik tracks their game scores, most of their most of their best game scores have come, you know, against like competition have come in the last six or seven games, and so that's it. They're playing really well, which we hoped they would do. This they would get better throughout the season. There, there's a lot of new guys. There's a lot of young guys. They're coming together. They're kind of figuring out their identity, like who who does what, you know, who's expected to do what. You know, obviously we've got some injuries. Some guys aren't playing well. We've already talked about that. But despite that, this team is getting better, and they're playing really well right now. Thirty uh, first in Kempom, um, or thirtieth in Kempom right now, as we as we're talking. Um, you said Boise State was earlier. Obviously, someone. Uh, you know the you know they came. I think uh, San Francisco had a big loss, which is very good for the bubble. Sorry for yep. Kyle Smith's buddies, but they dropped ton, and so Boise State and WSU moved up. Um, oh, USC with their uh, narrow win over Pacific in a game I have no <laughs> idea why they were playing. Um, yeah, they rescheduled it from uh, – it was a COVID postponement, so they went ahead and played it. I do not know why, uh, yeah. but they did. So. And then USC narrowly won, and that – so USC is probably not – even that game against USC – um, at home that WSU lost is there's very strong possibility. It's not going to be even a quad one game anymore on the, on the, on the ledger, um, which would have, if they would have won that game would have been very frustrating. <laughs> if USC, yeah. It's pretty uh, close. It's yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Well, the iron, the irony is had they won it, USC is probably not in the top 30 and then it's not a quad one. Well, anyway. USC was 27 before tonight. So they probably, right. they're definitely dropping on a drop. Probably dropping with a, with a yep. four point win over a home against, I think a t- uh, Pacific is like two fifty ish somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some, something real bad. So that just shows the kind of volatility of these things a little bit. And that's, that shows that WSU can improve as they've done. They've, they've really jumped yep. like 25 spots in, in the net and Kempom. Um, because they're playing better, uh, you know, and and that's that's why it's exciting. So let's look. How does WC win this game? You said it earlier, Jeff. They need to hit threes. Like they definitely need to hit threes yes. in this game. All of them, Ari- preferably. Arizona has an insanely good interior defense. Christian Coloco to to Bellis. <laughs> Is just they are big. so tall and so long. Like we love our big men. It's like if our big men were like thirty pounds heavier, <laughs> thirty pounds heavier, and projected to be lottery picks. Like, like that's that's what we're facing, man. Like Coloco is a human eraser, and they bring uh, they to, bring Balo off the bench. Yeah, who's seven? Who would be foot starting? He'd, he'd be starting for anybody else in the conference, including us. You know, he's, he is a monster. Uh, Tubelis is, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but you know, he's, uh, you know, he's athletic and big and strong and physical. Um, there's a reason why these guys are five-star prospects, right? Like, like they bring something to the table that, you know, maybe the, you know, four-star prospects, uh, don't, 
you know, things like ready-made strength and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, sort of insane athleticism, insane, you know, F.A. is a great athlete. We know that. Uh, Gay is a great athlete. We know that. Coloco is like a great athlete with like eight foot wingspan. Like, you know, it's just kind of like bonkers what um, what these guys bring to the table. Well, it Coloco is, definitely... is like it, Coloco. It's like if Gay was two inches taller. Yes. Didn't lose yes. any athleticism and was yes. 20 pounds heavier. Right. And it was all so, muscle. Just pure yeah, muscle. They. They are so tough uh, on the interior. I, I do think a big factor is uh, Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, and I don't expect that he, if he plays. So Smith, I guess, said he was fifty fifty. Uh, I, I don't expect that he'll be great. He's but just got to absorb know, some fouls, man. <laughs> yes, and and the other thing is, I do know that um, you know something we've we've sort of learned from um, you know talking with our with our sources um, is that the team is a, is a, as a whole is a better rebounding team when he's on the floor, um, Mm -hmm. particularly on defense, you know, so he, he doesn't just eat up space. Um, you know, he's, he's a wide body, you know, who can box guys out, make, uh, make it tough for other teams, the offensive rebound, as we know, that's been, that's been a bit of an issue, right? Like when a team is real good at offensive rebounding, like Stanford, uh, you know, they were able to get in there and, and get a whole bunch of those, um, you know, I, I've well, looked yeah. at Arizona's it's, profile, but with, with their front line, I assume they get a lot of offensive rebounds. Yep. So. They are eighth nationally in offensive yep. rebounding percentage. Yep. So having Jackson in there to box out and be big, um, you know, would be, would be really, I think a big development, um, you know, and then offensive rebounding wise, we know that we like the offensive rebound, you know, Deshaun again, um, doesn't pull down a ton of offensive rebounds. And Arizona but does is his, not. Arizona is not a good defensive. They're about where we yeah. are defensive rebounding. Great. So probably some of it is uh, trying to block shots, which they do <laughs> a lot. Which is the same issue that we have. Same issue we have. Um, you know, Deshaun is just real good at even just offensively. He doesn't grab a lot of offensive rebounds, but he gets his hands on a lot of balls and keeps balls alive. Except this year um, he has been. 11% has offensive well, rebounding percentage. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a function of the competition, but a a lot of balls, Craig is what I said. He gets his hands on a lot of balls. Um, and I regret nothing. So yeah, getting him back would, would I think be, um, you know, really, really helpful. Um, you know, other stuff, you know, I'm just, I'm not really sure. I I think, I think foul trouble. Yeah. I think foul trouble is the other big thing. Yeah. You know, so if if Deshaun plays, that's great. If he doesn't, (laughs) You know, can I guarantee part of the scout if you're Tommy Lloyd is, you know, be super aggressive. You know, they've got more bigs than we do, and they can just sort of be mega aggressive and you know deal with it. If, um, you know, if they get some fouls called and we get some fouls called, that's a that's a net benefit to them. So, um, I think that's sort of the other major factor because I really do think it's going to come down to the front court. You know, I watched Arizona play UCLA twice. Um, the first game, Arizona did not take advantage of their size advantage against UCLA and lost. They shot a crap ton of threes and didn't make very many of them. Uh, the second time around, they remembered that they have a massive front line that's way more talented than than UCLA's, and consequently, they end up winning the game. So, you know, uh, hopefully, maybe being at home, we benefit from uh, from a little bit, uh, you know, friendly whistle. I hope. Um, And that things are maybe a little bit difficult on Arizona in that way. Yeah. um, It's the the size across the board worries me. 
that the the smallest guy that they're going to play in the rotation is Kurt Kreisa, and he's six yes. three, and he's good. Yes. He's a, a high four star recruit. He is a freshman, so uh, the one. So when I was looking, and then they play Pell Larson, another freshman, uh, and then you know they'll play Dalen Terry. He's six seven, so he'll play, he'll slot in at the three, and then they'll push Benedict Matherin to the two and. Benedict Matherin is a very athletic six foot six guy, <laughs> so they like they're yep. huge. They're big. They're just big, big, big across the board. Now, what I am looking for the way WSU can hopefully crack some, you know, outside of hitting, they got to hit like forty plus percent from three in this game. Yeah, like I like I, I don't want to be absolute, but I'm sure the coaches are thinking that too. Like yeah. we're gonna knock down our threes. Because Arizona is going to be tough to score on, and with our playmakers are going to be out, you know, the the defender across from them is going to have several inches on them typically. Um, you know, our tie, you know, our Noah, Ty, and and uh, Flowers, we're going to have to hit some deep threes, uh, and it would, hopefully Ty's quickness is, you know, he can find. So he's he seems to be getting better and better about. Uh, you know, using his ability to yep. get by guys and then find He's just not going to find as much room in that mid-range he's with not. all that length. That's going to be that's going to be the tough part. Well, and what so if there's anything when I look at the profile, their offensive profile that is exploitable is they do have these two freshman guards that they play a bunch, Kreisa and Larson. Yep. And they both have pretty high turnover rates. They're both at 22%. So this is not a team that turns the ball over a ton overall. You know, they're kind of middle yeah. of the pack in that. Uh, but but those guys do. And we're very good at forcing turnovers from the opposing team's guards. And so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we can get some easy buckets, get some stops just from forcing turnovers because this game on both ends is going to be a rebounding nightmare. I, yeah. I I think we're gonna we're gonna get offensive boards like crazy. They're gonna get offensive boards like crazy. It's gonna be frustrating on both sides. So we gotta get we gotta prevent shots. Like we just gotta prevent that shot from going up as much as we can. And so winning the turnover battle here. Hopefully, putting some pressure. You know, our hopefully our savvy uh, older guards can put some pressure on their younger guards. Hopefully, maybe we get some get get some hype students and and you know rattle them a bit because uh, they really you know they 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 just played a couple big games, but they played those in front of their own fans. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what they can do. Um, they're they're all good. There's no bad players on this team. Like no. There, there's. We were talking about the holes on our squad. We don't have honestly. There, there's far, fewer and fewer on any since any team we've had, but they don't have a hole. Like there, there's yep. not a hole on this team. Um, when I, you know, I always look and try to find uh, the 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 weaknesses. They, it's for them. It's it's the guards turning the ball over. It's their their defensive rebounding. They, uh, but that's pretty much it. And they yeah. don't, they do allow, so they don't allow too many, uh, threes. 
Um, but they allow them at a decent percentage, you know, 32%, which is below. It's above average, but it's not like they're shutting down three-point shooters. Um, so the WSU can find looks out there, and they're going to have to hit them. And then if they miss them, they're going to have to clean the glass and probably rely less on putbacks and more on kickback outs. So I know some of y'all are going to be frustrated if we put up like three threes in an offensive possession. Yes. That might be our best way to points. Because when it, you have... It probably is. When you have multiple <laughs> seven-footers right in front of your face who got 20 pounds on your seven-footers, like it's it's yeah. uh, it's it's tough. Uh, yeah, so it, this is tough. You know, um, they're going to have to uh, defensively force Arizona into some tougher shots, you know, mid-range. They're going to have to play the pick and roll really well. Tabellis is a master in the pick and roll. Like, he wastes no movement. Like No, nope. he's really, really good. He's so good in the pick and roll. Great he knows, hands. Yep, he catches every catches basket. every pass. Very good touch. Yep. So they're just going to have to shut that down. Like, they're, they're going to have to prevent him from getting the ball in the first place and then force the guard into a tough challenge jumper that's that's the only way it's going to work that's easier said than done like these guys are good like it's it's going to be hard but honestly not that much has to swing for wsu to win like they just need to be a little bit better defensive rebounding than arizona they need to force a couple more turnovers than arizona and they need to hit it they need to hit a few more threes in arizona like that's that's how it flips. That's how they can overcome some of their deficiencies. And They're then hopefully need a little like bit said, of luck, right? Yeah. They, <laughs> like and then hopefully like you said, luck. they need the home whistle. Yep. Because they could easily, we could easily see, remember played, when they played Arizona last year and we had no big guys left when we went to overtime? Like yep. they, there was there was no one left to play, and and it, yep. there was no one left. Period. I, I think uh, like DJ Rodman was like no maybe that was the Arizona State game and DJ Rodman was like running the offense because we had no one left. Um, but but yeah, there was like all the bigs fouled out in that game, and it's because Arizona just has so much size and they just attack the inside. They because they're they're a great offense, but they don't shoot threes particularly well, and they don't shoot that many. So I do wonder if we if we zone them up a little bit to try and entice some threes and try and introduce. I, I know that honestly, you know, that the, then becomes yeah. a rebounding nightmare. But maybe you entice some uh, some variance into the game by you know enticing them into some threes, and you know maybe they miss a bunch. And oh, uh, I think we're because they're not a great shooting team. I almost you you can kind of think that maybe uh, Smith has been deploying the zone in some games that maybe they could get away with it for this upcoming set of games where they're going to play much better athletes. Yeah. And and just to, so their guys can get a little more used to it. And I do wonder if they mess with the rotation a little bit too. You know, if they go, because we talked about this earlier today, you were like, you know, can they play flowers and, and Roberts at the same time? You know, maybe they maybe they go zone. We, we and, saw that it was a disaster against our, uh, USC earlier in the season. Yeah. Yep, and that was a That's, long time ago. I think the zone yeah. is a lot better now, but still, yeah. the point remains. But but the problem with when you have small guards at the top of the zone, the the looks become so much cleaner 
for the guard, you know, for those three point shots, because yep. you're just you're just not in their face as much, <laughs> right? Like, yep. and and then you that you can't get into you know they have the long arms getting in the passing lane, everything like that. So I don't yep. know, man. Like I'm I'm hyped for it. Uh, I it, it's I'm gonna drink so much beer. It's gonna be great. It's it's just. Yeah, 30% out of, you know, three times out of 10. Kempom thinks That's they win this crazy. game. That's pretty fucking good. We're playing the number. Well, now they're number two. <laughs> it's number two, two versus Ken two versus 30. That will be, okay, so P- only Kenpom nerds, nerds will get this, but it's pretty much guaranteed to be uh, Kenpom's number one fan match game of the night. So, for whatever that's worth. Oh, look, it's number two right now. Oh! Number- Number five, it's very close. Yeah, uh, so number five, Purdue at forty nine, Michigan, is no. is a seventy three point four thrill score, and I call WSU bullshit. is a seventy two. These games are tipping at the exact same time too. Sorry, college basketball fans. Um, I'll bet the thrill score is simply that uh, the Purdue is only favored by is favored by slightly less. I think. Well, I think it's Michigan. probably. There's also a pace element to it. Yeah, well. I think. Yeah, I think it's a pace. Purdue is, you know, uh, not a good defensive team, but they're great. Off- yes. they're like the best offensive team. I think that's weighted as well. So I think it tilts towards offense. Yeah, because yeah. they're so the score for WSU is seventy four sixty eight predicted Arizona and Purdue is seventy nine seventy four. So I yeah, I bet those few extra points. But yeah, you. I mean, you were almost right, man. I was like, close. You almost That's some it. bullshit. I'm going to send an email to Ken. Be yeah. like, what the fuck? Why does your machine hate us? What are you doing? Bart Torvik has us rated 17. Why do you hate us? So, by the way, um, that that Bart Torvik, uh, uh, which I, if you read my, if you read my um, post on the very, you know, the net and, and what it means and all that, uh, I, what I've kind of figured out, what I think, how Bart system likes us so much, is that he's added um, this uh, component to his ratings called. He calls it. It's. He says it's a small but significant change, in addition to the ratings. It's a metric called game script plus minus, which is derived from play-by-play data and measures the team's average lead slash deficit during a game. So and then he gets rid of it when it's uh, the game is no longer in question. So, um, which I'm assuming when it hits like a hundred percent or ninety nine percent, something like that, you know. Um, so he says this adds a measure of game control and potential. Oh no, so that's that's for that. But, but anyway, so he's got a longer explanation, but uh, you guys can go read that if you want. But so basically, WSU is getting credit in Bard's system because they've had big, they've led even on the games they've lost. They've either been close or leading most of the game. Like And they've even had big leads for long Big stretches. leads for most of the game. And so that's that's where they're getting um that's where they're getting that that bump, I think. That cuz I think that he, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cuz yeah, 17. I, I want to believe that. And he's got Arizona. <laughs> yeah. He's got Arizona at 5. So Bart yeah. Bart gives us 45% chance to win. He's got Arizona by one, 72 71 as the average it's score. Basically a coin flip, man. Yeah, Bart's got this thing as a coin flip. So fuck yeah, Bart. 
I yeah, hope we love. Well, Bart. I don't We've hope you're right because that. you still have us losing slightly. But I hope you're <laughs> you're more right than Ken Palm yes. is, yeah. and Net is. You know, so yeah. So and if we want to talk about also, uh, we haven't even mentioned Winds Above Bubble yet. Yeah, this is a big Winds Above Bubble game. You can get yes, it is three almost three quarters of a win above bubble yes. um, from this game alone. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, if you want to get more hyped, Bart thinks this thing's a coin flip. Um, so refs help us out. Hit those threes. Turn those ball. Turn that ball over. Young Arizona guards. Tubelis just I don't know, like trip a couple times. Um, Coloco, uh, please Deshaun play so someone can box him out. Um, I you know just 15 minutes from Deshaun would be huge. Um, hopefully he can see. I've had an injury before. Yeah. One thing I do am concerned about when I had a I got hit in the eye with a baseball when I was in high school. I had to like sit almost completely still. Like I could barely. I wasn't supposed to do any sudden movements oh, yeah. for an entire Man, week. That pressure. That pressure is so bad. Yeah. So I wonder if you know he kind of got behind on his conditioning a little bit too. Uh, I would assume so. Yeah. I would assume so. I, I guess it kind of depends on what the injury is. Yeah. You know, like it's it's one thing to get hit in the face with a baseball or punched in the eye or whatever. It's maybe a different thing if he got scratched. Yeah. Um, you know, so hopefully maybe I, I mean, I don't know which is worse long term, but um, hopefully it's something that allowed him to keep, you know, working out and, and staying in shape. Uh, and I don't know, man, just get him some sunglasses, goggles or something and, you know, let him go out there and. Just kind of hack some people and, you know, just, and hell yeah, just, Horace Grant eat up, style. Eat up some minutes, man. Eat up Horace some minutes. Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, if you can hit a couple need, of 15 that. footers like that. Horace Grant. That'd be great too. Yeah, um, yeah, bring that. Yeah. Wow, we are an hour in. We haven't even talked. Yes, so, we are. Then we have. So after that, Arizona State. Uh, that's a trap game. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Uh, Arizona State has shown that they uh, can be pesky recently. Yes. Um, obviously, they it was a bit of a fluky win over them the first time. I gotta say, a little bit. Yep. <laughs> um, you don't win many. Probably games Probably don't you're, expect that again. When you're at like point seven four points per possession that WSU was at and win by twenty two, you don't you don't see that again. I, I expect this to still be a defensive game. It's two teams that are definitely much better defensively than they are offensively. Arizona State, pretty solid defensive team, as are most fucking Pac twelve teams. This is a defensive conference this year, and like it just there's a lot of teams that are real bad offensively and good defensively. Um, yep. Uh, so, but they, you know, they've. The last few games, they uh, what they beat UCLA. Uh, they, you know, they they challenged Arizona for a half. Um, they uh, took USC uh, down to the wire. Um, so I don't expect WSU to run away with this game. I expect them to win, but there could be some letdown uh, because of the how massive the Thursday game is. Uh, so there's yep. some worry there. And if you lose that Thursday game, you better fucking win this game. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, you know, honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say the, 
Arizona State game doesn't matter if we beat Arizona. I mean, it does. But also, like, <laughs> we get way, way more out of a win over Arizona than we would be penalized for a loss to ASU. So Exactly. Um, but, you know, winning them both. Winning them both is better, so let, let's try and do that. Yep. So, yeah, let's – and then there's three huge games, which we'll talk about next week, which we'll have to record – or actually, maybe we should talk about the Oregon game because we're probably not going to record no. before that. Good God, it's one oh, <laughs> we're at one oh five, man. Okay, we'll uh, <laughs> we might have to either not preview that game or we will record. Maybe earlier. we'll record on Sunday. I think. I think well, that's if, probably more if likely. WSU beats Arizona on Thursday, we might record a podcast on Thursday night. Let's be honest. We, we might. That is true. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, uh, let's take a break. Then we'll talk about women's hoops. All right. All right, Jeff, before we talk about the WSU women's hoops team, who had a, a, a very nice split this weekend, uh, kept the, kept on track, um, why don't you tell me what you're drinking? Uh, you might have just switched to another beer because I heard a crap. I, I did. You know, we, we're on to the second one now. Took me an hour to drink that other one. <laughs> uh, all right, so I had, to start with, um, I had the – Seventh anniversary Hoppy Pilsner from Holy Mountain, uh, which is an absolutely positively delicious uh, Pilsner. I do love me some Hoppy Pilsners. Um, this is uh, clean and refreshing, but also with that, you know, that Hoppy flavor. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you've had it. Yep. And I'm sure you have thoughts about it. Uh, I thought it was delicious and loved it. And now I'm wishing I would have bought more than one. Um, yeah, uh, it's very good. I, I went and picked one of those up, you know, when they had all their anniversary beers, they had an anniversary double IPA as well. Um, I can't believe they've been around for seven years. Uh, Holy Mountain, as I said before, kind of truly was like a game changer in the Seattle beer scene, Northwest, you know, really the org, you know, the entire state, um, just kind of raised the, the standard. Um, so it's, uh, um, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it it's cool. Um and I enjoyed that beer as well. Uh they yeah. they produce some great lagers. Yes, they do. Yeah, what are you drinking, man? So, um because we need to hit a lot of threes this weekend, um I said uh um I'm drinking a beer from Three Sons Brewing out of Florida, um which was like out of Dania Beach, Florida. Just one of those breweries out of Florida that loves to make uh, real um, a lot of like thick and and very uh, adjunct heavy beers. Um, this one is not super, you know, big. It's a, it's called Excuse My French Toast. Oh, I, I I messed up the name on on Twitter. I said part of my French toast. Whatever. It's called Excuse <laughs> My French Toast. It should have been part of um, my French toast. Let's be yeah, real. I know exactly. It should have been. Uh, 
It's a brown ale, 7%, so kind of a bigger brown ale. Uh, French toast-inspired ale with natural flavors. Definitely maple syrup on the nose on here. Um, Maple syrup in the, you know, a little bit of maple. um, Not overwhelming, like, uh, with, like, double stack from Great Notion or anything like that. But real solid drinker. The maple goes well. It's kind of a darker brown ale. Um, Maple goes well with it. I think I, I'm not sure what else they put in there. Um, I wouldn't say it tastes like French toast. Uh, it doesn't really. I, I don't. There's maybe a little bit hint of like cinnamon in there, but um, it's tasty and it's easy to drink. And um, I've had some big beers recently, so I, I dialed it back just a notch, but still had some absurdity to it. So three cents. Excuse my French toast. Fuck. Um, so they. Uh, <laughs> um, Hit some threes this weekend, Cougs. Uh, we would love some threes. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, women's hoops. So they, um, they, according to ESPN, are on the right side of the bubble right now. Uh, they're in the in in the uh, last four in. Uh, so a few slots ahead of where the co- the the men's are. Um, but they went out. They had a big weekend. To well. What I uh, was told, um, actually by WSU, is reminded, I guess, is that the uh, women uh, selection committee does not use the quadrant system, um, which is probably smart because yeah, probably better. Kind of, kind of silly. I think any system that has like such demarcations is kind of stupid. Like, oh. 70 yeah, completely you, arbitrary, oh you beat right? you beat number 76 that doesn't matter oh you beat number 75 Ooh, hello oh yeah um, let's, let's which bring is that. i always hated that with rpi too where they're like top 50 wins it's like okay so top 52 wins aren't good i don't know i know um, well, and then the and then the fact that the demarcations are also so arbitrary right like so you look at the quad one wins it's Okay, teams that you play at home that are ranked 1 through 30, teams that you play at neutral sites that are 1 through 50, and then teams that you play on the road that are 1 through 75. And it's like, okay, you clearly just made those numbers up. Like, there's no. Because they're pretty similar to what Ken Palm does for A and B games. Is he? Yeah. I don't remember where his. His his, his is uh, not. His is not a number. His is an efficiency margin. So sometimes yeah. it'll stretch out farther to like okay. like Stanford on the road ninety is a is a B game, but yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, it seems I like the the idea I, that playing the number thirty team at home is the equivalent of beating the number seventy five team on the road. It, it seems to me a little absurd. Yeah. But, well, well, I mean, if you're looking at the predictive values, so uh, WSU is playing the number 32 team on the road and they're predicted to lose by three points and then they play the number 51 team at home and they're predicted to win by five points they're probably i i'm they're probably just finding trying to find where that like because it's typically a six point difference like so look at oregon the home game against oregon they're predicted to win by five the road game predicted to lose by one so it's usually like about a six point difference. So three points for you, three points less for them if you're at home. Um, so I'm I'm guessing they were trying to hit that kind of predicted margin, like wherever yeah. the six point the six point lands. But you're also saying that the number thirty one team, B 
Beating right. the number 31 team on the road right. is the same as beating the number 75 team on the road, which is, I think, the stupidest thing about right. these demarcations. But anyways, yeah. we're talking about the women's team, where they don't <laughs> use these. No. But these were two... They went on the road to play two top 40 net teams. The women's selection committee does use net. Um, top 40 net teams. Uh, came out and beat, got a huge win um, over Colorado on Friday. Charlize finally, finally was able to knock down shots as we kind of expect her to do. She's really struggled with her shot this year. But she came out and dropped 30. Um, huge game. Uh, 4 of 10 from 3. Uh, 9 of 18 overall. 8 of 10 from the line. Um, 30 points. Huge. And then you had Yo, uh, Johanna uh, Tedder get 14 points on uh, on 4 of 10. Shooting 4 of 8 from 3. So, they, you know, their top two scorers really carried the day. Um, and they just played... What they've done all season, played great defense, and then um, squeezed out a win. And so it's just, I mean, the biggest thing for me is it was it was fun to see Charlize carry them to a win again like she did multiple times last year in a big game. Yeah, I mean, we were wondering if she was healthy, right? Like, we were kind of like, ah, is something wrong? Um, didn't look like it. Didn't look like it, which is great. That's That's... It's huge. It's fantastic news. And one of the things we know about this team is that they're not quite as, uh, you know, as reliant on Charlize as they were a year ago, which is great. Um, But also, okay, you know, give me the Charlize from last year, plus the improvements that other people have made. And, you know, now you're really cooking. So uh, it's very exciting to see, you know, Charlize break out a little bit. Um, You know, she's played a ton of basketball over the last year. Uh, both with us and with the, you know, with the national team in New Zealand. And so, I mean, she's got a lot of minutes on her legs right now. And I wonder if maybe, you know, she was a little tired. Um, You know, if she's, if she is coming around on this, that is, that is, that is absolutely huge and absolutely massive, especially since, you know, as you said, they're already on the right side of the bubble. They don't need to make any kind of dramatic push, you know, maybe in the same way the men do, which is, uh, which is great. Yeah, and and so they already have you know adding Colorado, um, they have that win on the road. They have Gonzaga on the road, uh, USC on the road. All you know, impress you know wins that'll ultimately I think be impressive um, to the to the committee. Um, and so, but they have, uh, and then and they came at, then uh, you know two days later play you know not even two days later. Um, have to you know travel to Utah. This mountain trip is always going to be hard. You're playing both games at elevation. Um, Utah is actually good this year. They're very good. Um, they were top twenty in net before. I think they dipped a little bit, but um, Utah is just a you know from watching that game. Just they have a lot of shooters. Very good offensive team. Uh, Bella got into foul trouble early. She's a very important defensive player for the Cougs. Um, so she ended up only playing 22 minutes total. Um, so they, and they, they definitely had to, they went deeper into the bench in this game than they normally do. And that, yeah, but you still had, uh, yo playing 40 and, and Charlize playing 38, but you know, Ula was actually in foul trouble in this game too. Um, and ended up fouling out. So she only played 29 after playing 40 minutes against Colorado. So you know, foul troubles definitely hurt them. And then you get to the fourth quarter and they start the fourth down 19. 
they made a hell of a run at it. Um, they uh, got it down to five with about two minutes left and then just couldn't finish the deal. They got it down to, you know, six, with like seven, but it should have been five, by the way, because uh, Crystal Ledger Walker definitely hit a three. She had her foot on the men's line, not the women's line. Um, yeah. And I, they, so they messed that up. They, it's funny thing is they reviewed the play right after for a really long time, uh, a tip out of bounds um, that went for WSU and they didn't bother to also review the three so that if WSU would have came out and like got a quick three right after that, that would have been quite a big deal. Um, but they, they uh, ultimately didn't matter except in net every point matters. Um, so that was a bummer loss. Uh, they just, you know, they've been a, a, a hell of a comeback team. You know, they came back from, I think, nine down against Colorado. Uh, but the 19-point fourth-quarter deficit maybe was finally uh, the, the, the comeback with that was too much. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they're in a good place now, though, getting the split. And now they have three games this week, Oregon and, and the, the, the toughest one being Oregon on Wednesday. Oregon is, uh, I believe, 10th in net ninth or 10th. Um, so that's a chance for another, or they're 13th right now. So that's a chance for another, uh, big resume win. And then playing UCLA and USC, UCLA in particular, U- UCLA is another bubble team. Beating them would be huge. And then USC, potentially another bubble team too. Beating them, uh, would be yep. a big deal. So, uh, three big games for them again this weekend. If you're in town to watch the men, you can watch the women's games too. Like, just go to the women's games too. Yeah. Pack it out. Like, Easy peasy. Yeah. And this is uh, this is the kickoff of an actual five game homestand. So yeah. this is this is their huge, chance. Huge you know, yeah, huge homestand chance to make a bunch of hay. Um, you know, you got to win those games at home. So, yeah, big 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 deal, big deal. Yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully that. Colorado game was a sign of things to come from Charlize because if Charlize can get back to the Charlize that we know, oh, they are yeah. tough. They are tough to. They can beat yes almost anyone besides Stanford, um, but like uh, <laughs> almost anyone. Yeah. Uh, Stanford's so it, kind of a different deal because Charlize really is just that special player that can carry you to wins, and I think you know Oregon is a chance for her to do that again. If they can get Oregon, they're going to be pretty solidly in with a bunch of uh, games. And then the, the next week they have a chance with Arizona as well. And, and, and then Arizona State, another bubble team. So this is like you're playing nothing but bubble teams or big games down the stretch. You know, Oregon, I think, it, you know, because they, so, they, they're high in net, but they don't have the wins quite as much. Um, so they're probably not as quite as solidly. And so knocking off some of these teams that might be compared to you are huge, is, is, is going to be huge. So hopefully – we can see, you know, by the time you're listening to this, they're probably already playing. They play Oregon at noon on uh, on Wednesday. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um, thanks, Pac-12. We have to take a long lunch for that one. So, yeah. I mean, when we only have two sports to talk about, I guess that's fine, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, hopefully we have a big fucking weekend in Pullman, you know, three women's games, two men's games, Wednesday and Thursday being the really, really big games. And then on the weekend, just 
games that you'd love to see them take care of business um, at home for both teams. It could just be super fun. Again, I'm super bummed that I won't be there. Um, super jealous of all y'all that will be there. Ha- um, be loud, you know, and and support the team. Um, I, I do think, you know, at least on the Friday uh, game, we'll see some nice attendance for the women because of the, you know, maybe the people that came for the Thursday, Saturday men's game. So hopefully that can put them over the top against UCLA, who they really pushed um, for, you know, three quarters of the game. And then UCLA hit a bunch of threes in the fourth quarter at Poly and then came away uh, with the win. So um, winning that game would be huge. Winning Oregon would be huge. Um, then sweeping USC would be huge too. So, um, yeah, I'd be just love to have a, just a, a great weekend of basketball in Pullman uh, with our two teams that are both fighting for NCAA tournament berths. Um, probably in if you if you combine like if you're talking about both teams at the same time, one of the biggest basketball weekends ever in Pullman. Yeah. So so hopefully for sure we can we can have some fun and uh win some games and uh be merry yes all right so um if you uh if you like us so much you might as well subscribe and you might as well rate us five stars and get leave us a comment about why you like us um so give us that five star rating we love that five star rating we love those subscribers uh, that makes us look good. That pushes us up the, you know, the ratings, the subscribers. That pushes us up the list. If someone's searching for a sports podcast, they're searching for a Coog podcast, uh, that puts us towards the top of the list. So that helps us out. Um, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. Jeff is at Pod versus Everyone. Um, I am at Craig W Powers on Instagram. Um, I was hoping to have filled it with a bunch of pictures in Pullman this weekend, but I won't, but you know, we got my bachelor party coming up, uh, in Pullman in just a three, in just a few short weeks. Uh, yeah, big plans, big plans for that. Um, so, uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, so you'll definitely want to follow me on Instagram for that debauchery. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if you have an email questions, uh, we definitely got some, uh, email questions, uh, but you know I gotta go help my fiance with the baby, so we're not gonna take those tonight. <laughs> um, uh, you know, life comes at you fast when you uh, add that second. Yeah, break. that's out. Um, uh, so yeah, but Jeff, with all my fucking heart, I will say not just go kooks this time, but go fucking kooks. Go fucking kooks, Greg. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Get vaccinated. Got to if you want to watch that game.